Everyone, welcome to the Bumbleberry Otter Spotlight. This is a weekly podcast where we go over uh, artists' work and kind of bring exposure to their projects and everything they have upcoming and just kind of get to know them a little bit better. So with that in mind, Kobanban, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, all right. So uh, first of all, hello to everyone. I, I hope you can understand me despite of my um, foreign language uh, or, or accent. So uh, my name is Orkan. I'm, I'm Turkish, but I'm from uh, Germany. Uh, I was born and raised here, and I'm a law student who is trying to become a, a good pixel artist and uh, NFT creator. I've been in this space for quite some time now. I think I started like in, in July of last year and just in general. So I started with pixel art and with NFT creating uh, last year. And yeah, it, it has been a crazy ride since then. Yeah, absolutely. We always like to say that a couple of weeks in, in the LT space is equivalent to like a, a few months or even a year uh, in, in any other kind of market. So things tend to move fast in the LT space, that's for sure. Kobanban is the creator of the Pixel Weapons collection on Loop Exchange. So uh, about this NFT collection, this is the one that we, we did some giveaways with you recently in the Bubble Rumble. What kind of inspired you to make this this specific collection? I just stumbled in the space, so I, I didn't really think about what I was what I was doing. I was more just winging it, basically. So okay. uh, I, I saw all the all the creators in the um, when when the GameStop NFT marketplace launched, and it inspired me because I felt like you know people from all over the world came together and just had their artistic expressions and, and I felt like I, I want to do something myself. And being a 90s kid means to, you know, play all the classic consoles, play all the classic games. I mean, I didn't play all of them, obviously, but, you know, games like Zelda, Mario, Pokemon, whatever it is. So games and pixel art always resonate with me because they make me feel like being back in my childhood and playing games with friends after school. So I, I figured I'll just go for pixel art then. And, um, you know, I, I just, I actually just tried it for myself. And then I was, uh, had the idea to share it and people liked it. So I, I just went on from there. I didn't really think it through. It didn't have a roadmap. Anything. I just drew weapons, basically. And yeah, that, that was my, my first collection. It's still in the, in the making. So I just created a roadmap for it, which I will share in in the new future and uh, you know just create more weapons for it while working on the uh, trading card game okay so when you made this collection ha had you done any pixel art prior to that no no not at all I, I'm, I'm not even like i wouldn't even say i can draw <laughs> to be honest so <laughs> um, wow that's just, yeah that's incredible I, yeah, I, I never touched anything how long how long would you say it took you to to pick it up and and be able to actually make something i mean the sword took me a few hours like my, my first weapon was the golden sword with the red background Okay, I'm looking at that here. It, it took me, yeah, it took me a while because I had to, you know, just look into it. I looked into YouTube videos and was like, okay, um, what programs do they use usually and stuff? And then I just, I actually just went for it. I, I can't really tell or give any advice. I just, it just felt right. So I started and now I'm here. Wow. Well, well, yeah, I mean, you know, from someone who's done uh, done a collab with you and worked with you a little bit on this pixel art, I can say that you definitely have a, a high level of talent in this in this area. For you to tell me that you've you never did pixel art before this project is is honestly astounding, considering the level of your work. You know, I see that you have a couple other collections that you've created since the pixel weapons, um, looking at pixel companions. What's this project about exactly? Yeah, so, you know. First of all, thank you. I, I, I've been told this a lot that people like my pixel art. I must admit that, you know, being on Twitter and seeing all the amazing pixel artists, I wouldn't even consider myself an artist. So I, I don't want to talk down myself too much, but, you know, I, I have to stay humble here. I think there are way more talented people than, than me. Um, but yeah, my, my projects, you know, it's... It, <laughs> It's like I said, I didn't have a roadmap or anything. So I created the Pixel Weapons collection. Then I thought, okay, I can do something else. 
just to, you know, test out myself and what I like. Mm-hmm. So I drove some fairies, uh, which were the Pixel Companions. I had a a Halloween um, pumpkin hat collection. So I had multiple uh, multiple projects just to figure out stuff. You know, the Halloween collection, for example, was to learn how to create generated NFTs one-on-ones. So none of those projects is really something I would present as a project. The first actual project I'm working on is my, my own book now and my um, the trading card game that I'm creating with my in-real-life best friend. And now that I put a roadmap together for the pixel weapons, I think those two are the, the actual projects I have now. Okay, so I know you haven't released the roadmap for the pixel weapons, but uh, is there anything you can, you can tell us about what's to come with that, with that collection? I figured that I will... I know that people can't see it now, but when you read the roadmap later on, or whenever I share it, you will, you will understand. So basically, we have multiple batches of weapons that I want to release, and every batch has four weapon sets. And each weapon set has a different theme. So we have a purple dragon set. We have a frozen set. I will have a red dragon set, for example, an ape set, a a reptile set, and so on. So we will have different weapon sets. And what I thought about to give this project a little more is to um, combine it with the trading card game we are working on because the trading card game will have item cards. So what I came up with is to, if you have a certain weapon of the Pixel Weapons Collection, you will get the um, according trading card, uh, trading card like the item card, whenever it is released. And at the same time, I'm working on something which I call the Forge. It's, it was an idea really early on, but I want to make like work it through. Is um, for you a way to create your own weapon? Basically, they're like your own individual weapon by getting weapon parts. But that's a feature that will come later on. Okay. So this collection, the Forge Quests uh, on Loop Exchange, this is going to be kind of merged into the game project. Is that right? Yeah. So like I said, the problem here is like I, I know that a lot of NFT creators have like an actual project to present, right? And I know it's it sounds a little bit like uh, without a plan. That's because it was without a plan. Like I, I, like I said, I, I really just stumbled into this space. So I, I just tried to express different things and try different things out. And what I did is I now merged everything together. My big project. So uh, the Forge Quest. The idea behind the Forge Quest was to have an interactive storytelling game because I wanted to focus on the story. Now what happened is I, I started to write my own book, which is Flynn: The Forge of Light, and the things that happen in the, the should have happened in the Forge Quests are now part a part of, of the book that I'm writing. And the pixel weapons, like I said, have like come with the cards that I will release. So that means that the trading card game is based upon my book. So I, I kind of took all the projects I've tried and, and started and put them all together in writing a book and a story about it and created a trading card game. Wow. I hope that's understandable. It's I know it's a little bit complicated, but it's a it's a finding process of an artist through the past seven, eight months. Right. Well, you know, as someone who has interviewed a handful of artists on in, in the layer two space at this point, uh, I can really tell you that your experience is sort of similar to what others have have that's happened to them. Like they you know, they found out about uh, the Loopring NFT marketplace either through GameStop or through some other means. And they just uh, decided to move from their existing career in fiat, whatever it may have been, and become an artist, which like for me, as an example, I wanted to be an artist for a long time, but those dreams were sort of stifled by (laughs) real life and corporate uh, environment structure. So so yeah, I, I I don't think that that doesn't make you an artist or, or, or anything like that. I think that you are a, an amazing artist and I really love what you're doing. So you said that you're writing a book to go along with this. Can you tell us anything more about that? Thank you. Thank you again for the compliment. I'm, I'm really not good at taking compliments, just so you know. <laughs> So th- thank you very much. That's all. Like I'm like I'm always say I'm like chopper from One Piece. I really can't take compliments at all. <laughs> well, um, we all love so, you here. Okay, so don't don't <laughs> thank you. Don't I'll forget that. Okay. 
So yeah, what I wanted to add just to the um, to find your own path in this space, and then I will move on to the uh, story. I'm sorry if I interrupt your question like that. It's it's pretty rough. It's a great feeling to start in a new space and find passion, especially if you if it's artistic passion, right? So pixel art feels like childhood for me. Um, but at the same time, the space is moving so fast that it's hard to develop your own path because you, you start to race with other people. And right. um, I saw that when other artists started to create their own Discord and everyone went to creating one-on-one -on -one NFTs and then profile pictures, then, you know, everyone started to want some utility and stuff. So that's kind of what I went through while trying to find my own path. And then at some point, I realized that that's the wrong way, you know, because I'm trying to be me. I want the projects to reflect what I like and, and to find people who have the same interests. You know, I don't mm -hmm. want to please everyone. I just want to please the people who like what I do. And that's why I decided to to get go my own way. And since I'm a law student, I want to become a lawyer. So this is it's something I want to be. I want to become a lawyer. I'm good with words, obviously. And it was always a dream to write a book. So I figured I couldn't just combine everything. So um, yeah, the book is called Flynn, The Forge of Life. I have written the plot already. I didn't share it yet. But um, I, I might share it. I don't know if I can, if I should tell you something about it now, or if you you know if you guys want to be patient. So what yeah, I'm up to you. Right, yeah. So what? Okay. So what I can tell you is this: I created a world which is called Ragnar, and within this world there are four factions. So we have the shadow factions and the alliance. The alliance is just you know it's an alliance of three factions. And what happened is, 2,000 years ago, a my, my English isn't good enough to tell this. I guess uh, is that the I just I just call them shadow faction had a attack on the uh, on the throne. Okay, so this is this is sort of set in like a sort of a fantasy settings fantasy world, right? Or is it uh, sort of medieval? What, what setting are we talking about here? Uh oh, uh, looks like we lost Koban Bon. Um, give him a minute or two to get back in here. Um, being in, uh, in Turkey with the most recent, uh, earthquakes and everything that happened, I'm sure that the infrastructure over there is, uh, spotty at best. So, um, you know, for him to, to have connection issues is. So let, let me give you the plot then. We have the kingdom of Ragnum which has four factions in it. And 2,000 years ago, the shadow faction attacked the throne and killed the princess. And what happened is wow. that it caused a war between the alliance and the shadow faction. But for some reason, the shadow faction was too strong to be beaten. And the king, he, he tried to get the alliance together and beat the shadow faction while still being in grief about the loss of his daughter. And... The alliance was about to lose the war when a mysterious person appeared and had a stone or a diamond, mm -hmm. but out of pure light and gave it to the king and said, this is the only way to beat the shadow faction if you forge a sword of light out of this stone. But you have to build a forge first and the forge has to channel the energy of, of Regnum, like the whole world I, I created and has to merge the energy in the forge to create the weapon i don't know if you can if you can follow me up on yeah the absolutely so the king built the forge underneath the throne like in the chambers and forged the the sword of light and beat the shadow faction and then he just you know guarded the place and that's it that's what happened two thousand years ago now what happened 50 years ago is that one day the guard of the king heard a scream coming from the chambers of the king. And he went in and he saw that the king and the queen were dead. And an assassin just looked at him and, and jumped out of the window. And then he heard the gates being attacked. And he ran down to the forge and saw that one of those portals, which channeled the energy to the forge, was not working anymore. And the sword was split into, different, like into multiple pieces. So uh, yeah, I think I think that's enough for the plot. <laughs> wow, that's <laughs> yeah. pretty exciting. 
That's uh, you yeah. get a sort of like a movie trailer intro there. Uh, and left us hanging. I like it. <laughs> I was actually thinking about creating a trailer, but I think that would take me too long. So um, yeah, that's that's just the plot. I'm already working on the book, and what I will do, uh, I can tell you that already because I didn't make it due to the circumstances with Turkey right now. Mm-hmm. Is I will share the the chapters of this book for free through a newsletter that I will release soon. I, I thought about how to, you know, get the get the story out there because it's not the story isn't to make any profit. Actually, it's just I just want to write a book. That's it. Mm-hmm. So and you're my audience, and you will get it for free. I just have to put it in the newsletter, and we'll share it then on my Discord or on my Twitter page, whatever. You can just subscribe, and yeah, then you will get the chapters every month, basically. And every subscriber also gets a gets a token in form of an NFT, which you will be able to redeem for promo cards for the trading card game because the trading card game is based on that story. Okay. Interesting. So tell us about a little bit more about, about the trading card game. I you know I know that your your weapons they all have a ranking system in the bottom left with the, the stars or gems. I'm not sure what the, what you call that, but how is that going to play into the trading card game? We we didn't actually plan everything through yet. Okay. So I didn't play competitive trading card games, but I played a lot of I, a lot of trading card games. My best friend actually played competitive, like he played in the World Championships, he played in the German National Championships, and I think uh, if I remember correctly, he was even like on the on the one hundred and twenty eighth spot best players in Germany. So we both sat down a few times already and planned ahead. We tried to make the rules uh, right now and to see how like what spot we want to fill. I think it will be something between Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic, Hearthstone, something in between like that. I can't really tell if the tier system will be implemented into the game somehow, but what I can tell for now is that we will have synergies between the factions. Because I have four factions in my book, we will make uh, some cards, for example, be playable for, uh, like, have different effects depending on what hero you play. So if you play a hero from a shadow faction, the card responds differently than if you would play a, I don't know, a hero from the human faction, just for example. Mm-hmm. So that's how we want to implement the story. And uh, obviously the characters and, and enemies and stuff and cards and items will be something you uh, that will be familiar. because. Obviously, only if you read the story. But we will see if I can implement the the stars somehow. I don't think we will. Okay. Just curious because I mean, it's it's sort of um, one of the defining characteristics of your NFTs. Like you, you can you know if you know it's a Kobanban pixel weapon if you look in the bottom left corner and there's five dots with however many filled in, right? It's kind of uh, it's almost a brand at this point. You know, it's it's on the, on every NFT, right? So people just kind of expect it. To, to and associate that with you, uh, at least at least I do when I see it. Yeah, yeah, I think the um, like the star system was implemented because I, I figured that I wanted to give you a you know a, a value system mm-hmm. within the within the web pixel weapons, but it was only referring to the amount of mints that I had. Then at some point I realized like I, I could implement it into a game or just draw a character cre- uh, project or something like that. Mm-hmm. But now that we decided to work on the trading card game, I don't know if it's possible to implement it into it. You know, it might yeah, make it might it too difficult. complex at some points. So we we will see. We will see. But what I what I can tell for now is that everyone in the pistol weapons collection, like the holder of the collection, will be rewarded in some type of way. Like I'm I'm always oh, about giving back. So we we will see how I how I can make that happen, but I can promise, like I promise you, that that people that are into the collection will will get something back just for being you know early supporters. That's great, especially for our community who just won a bunch of them in the Bumble Rumble a while back. So yeah, it's that's that's great news, and I'm sure everyone who won one of your pixel weapons is is cheering for joy right now. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. It's it's a little rough, you know, because I I don't have the we have decided to drop the cards whenever they are done. So I won't drop a card like every week. Okay. But I will rather make 
It just so you drop the whole collection at once instead yes, of piecemealing yeah. them out. Okay. Yes, exactly. So it's it's a little bit weird, and it feels a little wrong to promise cards that aren't made yet. For example, the promo cards aren't made yet. We planned them out. I know what will happen. I I know how they will look, but I didn't draw them yet. Well, right? I don't because I don't feel cards... like you've promised anything yet. You're just talking about the things that you're working on, and I think that people are excited about it. I mean, well, obviously. Nothing's set in stone. It's a work in progress. So I think everyone understands that. So I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about that part of it. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I, I would so. I wouldn't stress too much about that side of it. So tell me about Flynn. That that character, obviously he was gonna be in your book and he's gonna be part of the card game. Where did you come up with that character and, and kind of why is it your avatar? Okay, so Flynn is I don't know how to describe it. Lynn is kind of a pixelated version of me when I was 16. That's at least that's what I feel. Okay. He, he doesn't look at like me at all, and he isn't really me. I was going to say, yeah. do you have that hair yeah. at 16? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to have a hero who is like, who hasn't any... Now, now it's weird to talk about him, because while I'm talking about him, people might say that I'm talking about myself, which isn't true. But I wanted to have a hero who is like naive, and who is curious, you know, who, mm -hmm. who wants to explore the world, but is still a kid. And I, I always imagined Flynn to be like a 16-year-old boy or a 15-year-old boy who is living in the valley with his sister and his, his grandpa and his dad. And he's, he feels like the guardian of the valley, but he isn't really guarding anything because it's a peaceful valley, if you know what I'm saying. So mm -hmm. he's looking for adventures, but his biggest adventure is like... Maybe a rabbit is, is killed by a fox or something, and he's trying to figure out where the fox is. So it's, yeah, he's just a, he, a natural, curious person. And what I want to do with him is, to, you know, get into an adventure, maybe into something he didn't really want to have or not the type he expected it to be, and just grow up within the story. But now, at this moment, he's just a 15, 16-year-old boy who is happy and feels like he wants to be the biggest adventurer of all time. Interesting. Okay. And he's going to be in the card game, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. We have like, the basic rule is actually you have a hero, and your goal is to put the enemy hero's life to zero. So okay. Flynn will obviously be a hero, and we will have cards with him. Like if I have, just for example, if I have an item card with a... Let me say the dragon spear, right? So I can just draw him maybe in a dragon armor and the dragon spear and just call it, you know, dragon spear. So I will I will have him in multiple cards and represent what, what happens in the story, basically. Uh, he will be a hero as well. And I'm also trying to come up with some physical stuff. Okay, so like some, that, you some know, merch or like some toys? Maybe like of Flynn. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, do you know the Amiibos from Nintendo? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So just imagine Flynn as an Amiibo. So uh, those are the okay. types of things I want. I want to have. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, you know, vinyl toys and, and things like that have grown exponentially in popularity over the past decade or so. With everyone buying Funko Pops and all that kind of stuff. So, so exactly. Yeah. yeah. I would love to have a little a little Flynn character on my desk to look at. That would be that would <laughs> be too, awesome. <laughs> I'm so happy. Like I, I know that people, like, like I said, lots of people try to get into utility, but I don't want to come up with merch to to pump money. You know, mm -hmm. so I, I just want to have stuff that I would like put on my desk myself. And I always imagine to have the weapons as a little statue. But now that I have Flynn, I imagine to have Flynn as a statue on my on my shelf. So um, yeah, that's my. Well, you that's could my like have him holding his hand out, and you could swap the weapons out in his in his oh, hand. That would be cool. That's a great idea. <laughs> you know, print like, awesome like a weapon pack for him that you could send along. That's a great idea. I will. I will know that. I'm sorry. I just stole that idea. Yeah, steal it. Hey, <laughs> you can have it, man. <laughs> I'm always coming up with crazy ideas like that. All right, so let, let's take a look at the chat here. Let's see. Uh, looks like we got a couple of questions. We'll start up at the top. I know we may have covered some of these, so you can just kind of uh, summarize if we've if we touched on it already. So seventy four K asks, you know, what's the ultimate goal with your collection? To which I'm assuming he's talking about the pixel weapons, which we kind of covered. But you know, go ahead and uh, touch on that uh, for seventy four K if you don't mind. <laughs> Okay, so the um, uh, like I said, the, the Pixel Weapons collection was something I just started with. 
So I didn't have a goal um, and I, I really don't have a certain goal for it right now. Not like the trading card game, right? So when I can look at the trading card game, I can tell, okay, I want to have the game. I want to have this amount of cards. But the Pixel Weapons collection is actually just something to make me feel connected to my childhood games. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm just drawing the weapons, basically. So it, it doesn't really have a goal other than give you an opportunity to relive like those positive memories. But I want to give it some utility as well because I don't want collectors just to have the weapons. So that's why I... I, um... Have you played Gods Unchained at all? Yes. So in that game, you have your hero, right? But there are certain cards in that game that you can equip to that hero as weapons. Have you given any thought to kind of putting them in the game like that to where you can pull a card that's maybe this golden sword, for example, and you can equip it to Flynn to do extra damage. Yeah, that's that's what I was saying when I said we will have item cards. Oh, okay. uh, Yeah, so the weapons you you buy will be on an item card. It might not be the golden sword, but I will have, for example, a sword. So it could be a silver sword. It could be a sword of light, whatever. Mm -hmm. But people who have the golden sword, for example, will get this card. Or if you have the dragon spear, I might have a dragon spear as a card, and then you will get that card. So that will happen. But just looking at the pixel weapons project itself as a standalone project, it really doesn't have a goal like the trading card game. Okay. And it looks like Choo Choo kind of reiterated what 74K was asking. So we'll jump to Beardy's question here. Um, He's asking how long the Forge Chapter 1 will last and when will Chapter 2 come out? Okay, so what happened with the Forge is that I took the story out of the Forge and put it into the book. But I thought about having the Forge, this this Forge quest project as a standalone storyline within the world. So uh, what I can tell you for now is to let me work on the on the book first and um, check how I can implement the story. And then I will restart working on the Forge quest because I really like the idea of having like another correct character. Maybe it's you. Maybe you can just work yourself through the, through the same world. And at some point you can cross ways with Flynn within the story. I will restart working on that at some point. But for now, I'm, I'm trying to focus on the book itself because it's the main story. Yeah, it takes a lot of work to write a book. I mean, even even a small book, it takes a significant amount of work and time to lay out the the outline of the story and then go in and, you know, kind of flesh it out bit by bit and then go back and edit. And then it's it's a long, long process. I, I tried it at one point and I got a handful of pages written, and then uh, I, I ended up giving up. So I definitely can empathize with the amount of work that you're agreeing to do just to kind of get your your ideas and your and your passions out there. Yes, for sure. And at the same time, it's like I'm still studying, right? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm still studying law. So I have the problem that I want to work as much as I can on this project or on the book itself. But my main focus is obviously to finish my studies. Of course. So I have to, you know, I have to balance between all of this. And at the same time, I said yes to so many collaborations that I have to finish first. Right. Um, I'm trying to be more careful about what I promise now because I want to, you know, I want to promise and keep my promise, obviously. Of course. So that's that's what I say. So my my first priority at the moment is to finish all these collab pieces um, especially with premium brown boy who has been waiting for ages now but we're nearly done is that um, a uh, is that a charity can that's going to be coming up no no i i actually like it's it's an airdrop for the his i think it was forgotten memories he has those little game boy cassettes cheese uh-huh. right yeah and holder of these will get an airdrop and each game he created has a different airdrop from me. So I'm creating five collaborational pieces. And I can tell you if you like my work so far, Yuri, I usually don't like cheer myself up too much, but those pieces look like they really look good. So <laughs> you're in for a treat. But yeah, that's, it, that's exciting. It takes some time. So I have to finish those first. And then I can 100% just focus on my own work and my own pieces. 
And I think we will have more fast pace coming. It's like a snowball. I'm just starting small right now, but it, it will get faster and faster whenever I'm in the flow. So that's completely understandable. So you mentioned collabs. I've looked through your collections. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing collabs or collabs collection or anything like that. Have you done collabs before? Yeah, I have I have worked on collaborations, but not as many as I wanted to have because I still had a job. I quit my job to do this, so I had less time before I quit my job. So I had a collaboration with uh, Parables NFT, which is within the uh, Pixel Companions. I'm okay. working on five pieces with Premium Brown Boy right now. I have, at least in the planning, is something with uh, Lofi Lama. Um, shout out to Chris, by the way, who is a great artist with the robots. So I have a few good friends of mine who want to work with me, but who are all waiting so I can, you know, finish those pieces first that I promised premium. Well, you know, I, you know, being a good artist on L2, it's not surprising that you're getting hounded for collabs and, and people that want to work with you. So, uh, yeah, it's not surprising to me at all. Let's move on and talk a little bit more about the, the broader NFT market. So currently there's more of a push for utility right now. It seems like since the advent of the GameStop marketplace, the mindset of the community has changed a little bit. What's been your experience with that and what's your take on it? trying to find utility behind everything mm -hmm. or just okay yeah it seems like so, the community um, is you know they they don't want to they want to support <clears throat> projects and they're more hyped for projects that that have a defined utility associated with the nft so for projects like yours and mine that don't really have like a an exact utility associated with it it seems like the uh the uh, the sort of outlook on those projects is is sort of changed a little bit because you know, and, and the communities of those projects, like PFP projects, have been kind of pushed a little bit toward, you know, producing utility when previously there there wasn't such a, a push for that. Uh, have you had any experience with that? Have people been clamoring for utility with your NFT projects? Um, no, luckily not. I have to admit that I think we have pros and cons within our community. So the pros are obviously we have the best community, right? So we have Absolutely. like loving, caring community. I don't see any flaws. Like everyone wants to cheer the other people, uh, person up. I always say this in, in every chat I have is like, it feels like we are all in one big art school, you know, and that we are all different classes and everyone is trying to make this school big. But at the same time, it's like we have to realize that the NFT space is moving fast, right? So one real life month feels like one year in the NFT space. So it's so super quick. And that being said, the community starts to pick up the pace and then rush for the next, next big thing. So we had, like I said, we had first was um, we like art and then it was having one-on-one -on -one collections. Then it was profile pictures. Then it was physical utility. And now it's gaming, for example. And now everyone wants just, you know, I want to have extra. I want to have extra. And being an artist, that means that you are under pressure. And we have people like Ocarina, for example, who has amazing art, but she does art, right? So her main focus isn't to be bringing any like web free gaming utility. Mm -hmm. It's more like art. Same thing with my pixel weapons. I mean, now that I have a trading card game in the making, it's, it's something different. But that being said, you are so under so much pressure as an, as an artist that you have to realize that this is not it. This community isn't the only community out there. So I think what we have to do is we have to grow. We have to expand this community because there are people out there who like just art, who just want to collect pixel weapons for, for pixel weapons, you know? Mm -hmm. We don't want to have any utility attached to them. So my point of view is this, that I don't go with the mainstream or with the rush for the next big thing. I just go for what I feel is right and what I can do without having a burnout. I think that the more I stick to what I like and what I do, the more people I will attract who have those same values and it just wants to like, I give the input and the output is to have people around me who support me for who I am, regardless of the fact if I have any utility attached to it or not. So my advice would be to, to every artist to just figure out what you want to do and then just stick with it. 
I know if if you want to be a big company, that's something different. If you want to create triple A NFT web three game, it's something different. But it, I'm just a small pixel artist in the space. Like there are so many more amazing pixel artists. Like you can bet when this community grows, there will be way better pixel artists than me. So it's senseless to me to rush, you know? So I just yeah. stick with what I do and I will surround myself with people who like what I do. And that's it. That makes me happy already. And I will provide some value. I do, like I said, I will give trading card games. I, I'm trying to get some physical items, but it's just more for the collectors, just as a thank you, you know, or just an opportunity to have something in your hand that reflects the story, for example. But it's not something I, I promise. And I say, I will rush for you too. I won't, but well, I will give you something. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you're making a, a trading card game. I mean, that is that is sort of the definition of utility, right? I mean, you're making something that people can use the cards or the NFTs that they buy as a part of. I mean, that's exactly what people are looking for. That, that was my main goal. And the only reason I have the courage to, to do that, I, I, I don't even know if, if it will be good. You know, I will give my best, obviously. Mm -hmm. But the only reason I had the courage to come up with it is because the step before that, I decided to not go for the race for utility, but to stick with what I want to do. And what I want to do is a trading card game. Like I, I, I do what I want to do. That happens to be something with you with the utility, but if, uh, like if it would be art, then I would just do art. I wouldn't look for utility. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it sounds like you had sort of a plan in place before the push for utility. So I wouldn't say that you know you've definitely or, or you've been affected that much by it because you know you're just kind of doing your own thing and uh, you know keeping on the plan that you you know you set out a while back. So yeah, it doesn't seem like that's been really affected you that much. But, you know, I can say that it's definitely been sort of a recent a recent change in the community uh, that we've seen. Let's move on to um, let's move on to a, a different topic. Let's talk about AI art while we have a few minutes left. AI has been sort of a, a big deal lately um, with both images and, you know, chat TVT and everything like that. Have you done any AI art? Or have you played with it at all? And what are your thoughts on on AI art as NFTs? I've played with AI art, but only once. That was in Robits, my, my good friend Robits Discord. He has mid-journey there. Uh -huh. And I just wanted to see what it's all about. And it's the same thing with ChatGPT. So obviously you're a little scared that you are, you know, at some point you will be, I don't know the word in English, like less important. Replaced. Basically. Yeah, replaced right, but at the same time, we're looking at the pixel art community on Twitter. They usually have an eye for what is AI and what is really hand placed. So I think AI isn't there, like isn't as good as a real talented pixel artist. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about people who created uh, Owlboy, for example. But I, I I don't think that AI in general is bad. For example, I. I thought about whenever I write the book, you know, and I have a space, like I have a place in mind, let's say I have the value where Flynn lives in mind, then the AI tool could be something I could use to fuel my imagination. If I get the, like, if I type in the right prompts and say, okay, it's, it's a valley, it's peaceful, it's uh, whatever it is, mm -hmm. and it spits out some pictures of a valley, that's something I could use in my book by describing it, for example, or if I want to create enemies from my trading card game, then I can write in the prompts um, for whatever I do in the story. And if it spits out something I, I, I see fit, I can use that, like not copy paste, but just as inspiration, right? right. Use that as inspiration to create something myself. So I think as a tool, it's great. I don't think it, it's something that should or is replacing the artist itself. Well, what about artists that use AI and don't uh, admit that that's what they're using to create their work? I mean, do you think that that's an issue? Do you think people should be upfront about it? Or, you know, because it's only going to get better and less easy to spot just offhand. So there's sort of an issue in the in the community these days. Well, not not so much L2, but just in the in the art community in general, you'll find people that are, are claiming that they've spent hours and hours making something. And, and it turns out that it was a mid journey prompt uh, with Photoshop touch up. Right. Uh, what do you what are your thoughts on that and how it affects, you know, sort of the viewpoint of artists, you know, when it comes to NFTs? 
So, like, I, I tell you my, my own opinion, and as someone already working in the law field, I would consider it as fraud, actually. If you um, sell something you didn't create yourself, but you tell, like, you tell people that you created it, because by creating it yourself, you put a whole other dimension of value to it, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you put the time value into it, the, the actual work that goes behind it, and you sell something that's less valuable than you make it seem to be. So that's fraud in my, my eyes. And I think it's shameful as well if you don't, if you don't disclose it. If right. you disclose it, if you, if you tell people it's AI art, then I don't see any problem with that. Because it's up to the collectors to decide if they like what they see. So we have people who say, I don't care if it's AI. I just like what I see and I want right. it. And that's fair and it's okay. I just have a problem with it when you use it and you don't tell people that you used it. So yeah, uh, I, I can give you an example. that's the general consensus. Yeah, I bought pieces from Jules early in oh, the, like oh, when the games okay, of my started, right? <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to sound salty because that's something that can happen. But I, I really was angered whenever I realized that it wasn't really painted or created. And then I look at amazing artists like Nick Gordiard, who sits down hours of hours for his weapons, you know, yeah. and, and draws them and creates them. And, you know, it, it makes me angry. And I, I feel like it's um, the... Those people try to just use the community and the goodwill of this community to profit off of it. And I don't think that's something that should be tolerated. But if you tell everyone it's AI, um, InfoKG, for example, or Turkmanji, share AI. Yeah, I picture. love their stuff. <laughs> right, so right. Funny. And you look awesome. Yeah. So, yeah. And if you like those and you want to collect them, it's up to you. It's none of my business. Well, that yeah. that kind of that sort of brings us to the to the question when when it comes to AI art, who is the artist, right? Is it the AI or is it the person who prompted the AI, right? So that's I would say it's the AI. You would say it's the AI. It's, okay. Yeah, yeah. I would say the people say it's like using Photoshop, but it mm -hmm. isn't really because I don't write prompts into a sprite. I I put every pixel down myself by hand, and it's something else if I tell a program or AI to golden sword pixel art. And then it just creates it because I use the shading. I, I set the shading down. I use the tone of the color I will use. I, I even like Google and look at the color, like the best colors that complement each other and stuff. So I put mm -hmm. real time into this and place every pixel. And I don't think that's the same as writing prompts that make the AI create something. It's definitely a, a new issue that, that the community is having to, to deal with. Not a lot of people have the, um, you know, as artists, like we are very in tune with what is AI art and what isn't, right? We're able to spot it really easily because we know what it takes to create certain things in certain ways, right? And if things are slightly off, then, you know, that t that's a, a, a pretty good indication that it was made with AI. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, just to, to be fair here, because I don't want to step on anybody's toes, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that if you use AI, it's not art. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying it's not the same as me sitting down. Like, if I were to create pixel art in with AI, it's not the same as me sitting down in A-Sprite. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's art, right? So it's yeah. pixel art. And it's, it's AI art. It's a different category. So I wouldn't say it's not art at all. But it's, it's still not the same. But I have to admit, though, it's not that easy to find the right prompts to create something as well. Yeah. So, and that's the one thing yeah. that people don't understand if they haven't used it. Right. Like you can spend four right. hours prompting the thing to get what you want <laughs> and to fine tune it before yeah. you even move it into Photoshop or to touch it up or anything like that. Right. So, right, right. Yeah, I have to be fair. It can be a rabbit hole, that's for sure. I've spent quite a few hours just prompting Midjourney and hating everything that it's giving me. <laughs> so, I'm sure you've had that same experience. Yeah, I mean, it's helpful. It always depends on what your what your intentions are. You yeah, know, and what you're trying to create. Well, it also but kind of brings up um, the question of like, you know, how do we define art? 
right? Because there's there's a big issue in the art community where art is overvalued to for tax write offs and things like that, right? But yeah, you know, in, in the end, I mean, art to me, it's basically anything that makes you feel something. And as a translation from the artist themselves, right? So if the artist puts down two dots on a canvas, right? And his goal is to make you feel a certain way when looking at that. And you look at that and you feel that way. Then I would argue that that is art. And he and the artist has accomplished their goal, right? If that was their goal in the first place. So you get that question where, where that's why I asked earlier if the, if the AI was the artist or if the prompter was the artist. Because like... I use AI art in my frames collection and, you know, I just use it as a medium for relaying the emotions that I want you to feel when reading the poetry that I, I put along with the work. Right. So for me, it's all about conveying, you know, conveying feelings and conveying certain emotions to people when they look at the piece. Right. And even though it's made by AI and touched up by me, you know, it still provides the same effect as if I had gone in and, and spent a hundred hours painting or, or creating the same thing, right? It would still elicit the same response when you look at it or when you read the poem and then you look at it, right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. So I think the main problem is that we are trying to come up with a general term of what art is. Yeah. But we can't because everyone feels different about art. So, you know, like I said, if there are people who collect AI art and like it, that they are willing to pay hundreds of dollars for it and then there are people who say it's not art at all and it's crap you have just to respect everybody's opinion but i wouldn't say that ai art isn't art at all that would be wrong right. it's art for the people who can like count it as art and that's fair and that's okay i just have a problem when you when you don't disclose it yeah but then we have to talk about why should ai art be the only art where people have to disclose it so it's a rabbit hole. Everyone has his, op his or her opinion. I'm respecting everyone's opinion. So for me personally, I think AI art is still art because you give people, as you said, some type of feeling and make artistic connection, basically. But I wouldn't count it the same way I would count someone who is actually sitting down and having exactly. a tra traditional way of creating this art piece. I definitely agree. All right. Well, we are uh, approaching the 60 minute mark of our interview here. I really appreciate you coming out and talking with us, Caban uh, Bon, about your your project and your life and, and everything um, and your upcoming amazing card game that I'm super excited for. And even the, the Flynn bobblehead that's to come. I know that's a long way out, but <laughs> I, I'll, I'll clear off a space on my desk and I'll just I'll mark a little square and I'll write Flynn bobblehead and I'll just keep that space open <laughs> on my desk. I'll send you one. And uh, yeah, you can you can figure that out and send it over. Put it in that spot. How about that? <laughs> thank you. Thank you very much for the excitement. Thank you for having me. And thanks to everyone who has, who has joined. I would ask everyone to maybe spread the word, you know, or, or have people be aware of it. So what happened in Turkey is we had two earthquakes with the strength of at least 32 nuclear bombs. We have over six or 17 people who died from the earthquake and people are still under all like the, the roots buildings. We have more than 6,000 buildings destroyed within over 10 cities in Turkey. So it's really a disaster. And the people there need supplies. They need like everything that comes with hygiene, everything for children and babies. You know, people wait for uh, at least 50 hours on the rocks and can't be safe because the government isn't able to help everywhere. So um, I'm, I'm trying to spread some awareness. And if anyone is willing to donate something, just let me know. I had already a few people um, send me some crypto donations. I'll turn this into money and send them to the red. I, I think it's called Crescent. Like, uh, like yeah, the red the, Crescent, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's basically like the Middle Eastern version of Red Cross. And I will send you proof as well that I send it. Or if you if you have trust issues, which is fine, maybe you can just, you know, Google and, and search for any shelters or, or places that are taking donation. Every dollar counts, every euro counts. You're saving life with this. And it's it's something that's close to my heart, obviously, because we have like my whole family is in Turkey, you know, and it, it can happen to anyone. So um yeah, I just I just wanted to 
spread the word as as final statement. And thank you very much for for making this uh, able making this happen for me. Our thoughts and prayers go out to everyone in Turkey and and your family as well. I hope everyone over there is is okay. You know, I, I know that it's a hard time over there. So if you guys uh, have a few extra dollars and you feel like you want to donate to help recover the people that might be buried or help Turkey rebuild, you know, that's something that it's always a good cause and it's definitely needed right now. So I've posted the link to the tweet from Kobanban uh, about it with the Red Crescent uh, well, account, account information as well. So, you know, if you if you want to send uh, stuff to Kobanban, you can, you can uh, reach out to me and I, I can send it over to him if you want to go through me or you can send it directly to the Red Crescent, you know, however you want to do it. But but yeah, it's it's a major issue that happened over there. A lot of people are hurt and uh, anything that you guys can do would be much appreciated uh, for the entire country, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because we are all humans, right? That's Absolutely. what I like about the Elgin community. I see that with the charity camps and uh, with Aaron. After all, like nations don't really matter, but religion, I mean, religion is important for me, but it doesn't matter as well when you look at human beings. So yeah. I think it's, it's always important to support each other, no matter what's what's different, you know, at the same, like we're all the same, basically. Yeah. So we have to help each other out. And I hope that I can reach at least one or two more people who are willing to help. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for coming out. I had a great time talking with you about your project. It was great to get to know you a little bit. I'm sure everyone in the audience uh, had a great time as well. But yeah, some exciting things coming. And uh, I really would advise you all to support this project and get in on it now before the card game and the story and the book and everything else that that Bonbon bon is working on comes out. Because it's just going to go crazy after that. Look, yeah, look out for the newsletter as well. I will share the link whenever it's done. You can subscribe. It's totally free. You get a free NFT token every month, and you will be able to trade those in for promo cards later on when they're released. So you just get you basically just get a free you get free cards and free story. So you you don't have any with the newsletter. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, super exciting things coming. I really appreciate you coming out and, and hanging out with us for for an hour. I'll let you go and you know sign us off. If there's anything else that you would like to say or anything, uh, any thoughts that you want to uh, sign us off with. Just thank you all very much. Thanks for all the support. Thank you for having me. Look out for the newsletter. And if you have any questions, just let me know. And I will I will give the shameless advertisement now back by saying that uh, look out for sloth season two which is coming soon as well so we have a lot of cool stuff coming absolutely all right well this has been another uh, bumbleberry artist spotlight um we're gonna go ahead and end it here thanks everyone for coming and we'll see you next week